Grace and peace be with all of you. It's good to be with you again this Lord's Day, at least in spirit, if not in body. We've been missing you deeply, trying to keep in touch, looking forward to the time when we can all be together again. We recognize that these are very difficult times. We're all learning new vocabulary. New phrases are entering into our language. We're talking about taking an abundance of caution, sheltering in place. Each day we're learning about new precautions and new restrictions on our activities. We recognize that each of us are growing more and more frustrated with the changes taking place around us. And as we enter into a season that should be a a time of celebration, it still feels very much like a time of lamentation. As we make our way out of the season of Lent, which was a time of penitence, a time of prayer and reflection to turn our hearts back to God, we still find ourselves feeling very heavy and weighed down with the burdens of our life. Today is Palm Sunday. It is the first day in what is known as Holy Week. This is the day that most Christians throughout the world began turning their hearts towards celebration and looking forward to the life promised in the Lord Jesus Christ. And yet today our hearts are still very heavy. And there's nothing wrong with that. I want us to enter into this story today, perhaps in a way that we never have before. Enter into this story in the spirit of Jesus and his disciples as we make our way along the road up to Jerusalem. As you know, throughout the course of this year, so far we have been walking with Jesus on the road prepared for him by the prophets. They prepared the way. He's walking that road, and we've been following him every step of the way. Over the last several weeks, we have gone on a grueling journey with Jesus. We have seen him face many obstacles and run into various trials. He has said some very hard things to his followers. And now he is making his way up to Jerusalem, the final ascent to where the climax of his ministry will take place. And on this day, Palm Sunday, many things are about to change. As Jesus goes up to Jerusalem, he doesn't camp out there. Mark tells us that he spends time in Bethany. That is going to be the place where he will stage his mission. Each day he will travel from Bethany to Jerusalem. It's a two-hour, two-mile, I should say, a two-mile journey from Bethany to Jerusalem. It's about the same distance that many of you have told me that you've been walking with your families these many evenings, taking advantage of the one moment that we can get out into the streets and out of our homes. You've walked two miles. So imagine Jesus walking that same distance, not once, but twice every day. He walks that distance to Jerusalem so that he can spend his days teaching and preaching, debating with religious leaders, trying to convince people to turn their hearts to him, to change their lives. He heals people. He cleanses the temple. He does all kinds of things during the course of Holy Week. Day in, day out, he makes his way from Bethany to Jerusalem and back again. But today is Palm Sunday, and he's making his way into Jerusalem, riding on the colt of a donkey. A strange choice of vehicle for a king, and yet Jesus rides the colt of a donkey into Jerusalem. 
The people around him are celebrating and cheering because they've expected this divine warrior king to come and to deliver them, to set them free from Roman oppression, to restore the kingdom of God back to them, to give them what they consider to be their rightful place in the world. And yet Jesus comes as a warrior king, not in the way they expect, but in a very different way. Not riding on a stallion, not riding in a bulletproof SUV. He comes riding on a beast of burden, showing that he is coming in humility, meekness. He's coming into a world in a very different way than everyone expected. He does come as the divine warrior king, but he is not intending to wage war on the Roman Empire. He is intending to wage war on the cosmic forces of evil, the world, the flesh, and the devil. And the cross will be the stage, the theater of that warfare. But in the days leading up to it, Jesus appears as a king riding on the colt of a donkey. Theologians and pastors speculate as to why Jesus selected a donkey. And they give all kinds of interesting reasons for that. But the Holy Spirit tells us the actual reason. And it was simply that he might fulfill the words of God spoken through the prophets. The prophets who said that the king would come and he would bring salvation and he would come humbly and meekly riding on a donkey, on a colt, on the foal of a donkey. Now, all you little kids out there, all of our little brothers and sisters in Christ, I want to encourage you to do something that I think you will find to be very cool. You'll need your parents' help for this exercise, but sometime during the course of this week, ask your mom and dad to help you get online and look for pictures of donkeys. And when you look at those pictures of donkeys, make sure that you look at the backs of those donkeys. Don't just look at their faces and don't just look at their legs, but make sure you look at their backs. And you will find that most donkeys have a very distinct mark on their backs. I'm not going to tell you what that mark is, but when you find it, when you see it, I want to encourage you to let Pastor Zach and to let me know what you have found. And that will be your homework assignment for this week. I think you will find it to be very cool. Well, Jesus is making his way back and forth from Bethany to Jerusalem. And one of the interesting things about that is he has to cross the Mount of Olives every time he does that. And this should be a signal to all the people living in Jesus's day that something new, something interesting is happening. The prophets had said that when this divine warrior king comes, that he is actually going to come from the Mount of Olives to Jerusalem. And Jesus does this day in and day out to drive home the point that the word of the prophets is about to be fulfilled. He is coming to wage war, not on the Romans, not even on the Jews, but on the cosmic forces of evil that are at work in the world. As Jesus makes his way into Jerusalem, you see the crowds doing uh, remarkable things. They're very excited about Jesus coming their way. And the thing I want you to notice in this story is the tension that is building. 
On the one hand, you have the crowds that are celebrating and chanting and singing, and they're doing all the things that you would expect people to do in a time of victory. This is, for all intents and purposes, a victory parade. And yet, at the heart of this victory parade, we find Jesus. Jesus is not celebrating along with the crowds. Jesus is not rejoicing along with these people. They are rejoicing and celebrating because in their imagination, this divine warrior king has come, and he is going to deliver them any day now from those Romans who have taken control of their land and oppressed them and put limitations on what they can do. And so they're singing Psalm 118. They're waving palm branches in the air. They're taking their own cloaks off and laying them on the ground so that Jesus's donkey will have something to walk on. They are rolling out the red carpet for this divine warrior king. The man that they believe will spark a revolution and drive away the Romans, just like some of their forefathers had done in the time of the Greeks. Many of us, when we read a story like this, see the palm branches and hear the crowds singing Psalm 118, and we imagine that it's simply a spontaneous worship service, that these people mean no harm, that they're just trying to worship God, that they have come in peace, and that they wish everyone well. But historians tell us that that is not at all what's taking place. There's more to this story than meets the eye. These people have brought out their palm branches and they are singing Psalm 118 because they have politicized their faith. They have mixed together religion and politics. And while we hear all of the biblical language and we see the beautiful religious imagery, what's actually taking place here is that the people have taken the things of God and turned them into politics. And so when they're waving the palm branches, they are signaling to each other and to anyone who understands their history that they're trying to identify with people from their past, people in the time of the Greeks who rose up and drove the Greeks out of Jerusalem in what is known as the Maccabean Revolution. It's a fascinating story. And as a result of that story, palm branches were printed on the money on the coins of the Jewish people. Just like we have figures of political personalities, presidents and other leaders in our nation printed on our money, they had palm branches. And the palm branches were not signs of peace. They were actually signs of war. And so as Jesus is going up into Jerusalem, imagine that on one hand, the crowd is celebrating and cheering what they consider to be a victory. This is a military parade in their minds. But in the mind of Jesus, it is not that at all. The Gospel of Luke tells us that as Jesus was making his way up into Jerusalem, he wept. He wept when he saw the palm branches, when he saw the cloaks on the road, when he heard the chanting and the singing. He wept over the city of Jerusalem because he knew what the people around him did not yet understand. And that is that salvation was not coming to this city. Condemnation was coming to this city. The city would not be delivered in the future. The city would be destroyed. 
And that broke Jesus' heart as he looked around and he saw the conditions of the world. He saw the conditions of the people. He saw the conditions of the city of God. He wept. That's the part of the story that I would like for us to enter into. We're accustomed to entering into Holy Week as a time of full-on celebration. We're finally coming out of Lent. and Now it's time to get our party on. And yet, if we're walking with Jesus in this story, there is a part of us that needs to look at the world around us, consider our community, consider the counties around us, consider our country and our church and the churches around us. And there's a part of us that needs to weep along with the Lord Jesus Christ. One Christian tradition reminds us in its prayers that in the midst of life, we are in death. And you see this clearly in the life of Jesus as he makes his way up to Jerusalem. In the midst of life, he was in death, making his way towards the cross. Everyone around him having a good time except for him because he knew that in many ways it was like the end of the world. And so what are we to do with this as we consider the story and our place in the story? What are we to do with people who are singing the Psalms and while they should be saying, save us, O God, they are in fact singing, free us from our political rulers. What do we do when we live in a world that has taken the faith and politicized it? The Jews in Jesus' day wrapped their faith in the palm leaves of their political revolution. And we see the temptation in our day as many Christians in America are tempted to take the Christian faith and wrap it in old glory. This is not a time to celebrate. This is not a time to ignore the realities of life around us. This is a time for us to weep and to grieve and to mourn along with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not a popular message. It's not something that we want to hear, but it's something we need to hear and something we want to encourage as your pastors, that this is indeed a time of lamentation and mourning. We can't look around the world and see all of the heartache and the brokenness, the sickness, the angst. We can't look around at our neighbors and see their losses and the struggles they're having. We can't look at our own families and see the frustrations we feel and the pent-up anger and the sorrow that is brewing in the background and pretend that those things are not real. If we're going to walk on the road with Jesus all the way to the cross, even on Palm Sunday, a time when we wish we could be celebrating, a time when we wish we could celebrate a victory, when we could talk about the triumphal procession, today we need to talk about defeats and sorrows and losses. We need to weep with the Lord Jesus Christ over the brokenness of the world. He gives us permission to do that. He authorizes us to do that, and he shows us the way. About three years ago, in Egypt, on Palm Sunday, Christians were gathering in their sanctuaries to celebrate 
Holy Week. They wanted to celebrate Palm Sunday as they always had, and they had palm leaves in their hands and carried palm leaves in the streets and palm leaves into their churches. This has been a tradition in the Christian church for many years. But it just so happened that there were some enemies around them who had other ideas. And so on that fateful morning, as Christians were gathering in their sanctuaries for worship, terrorists who had plotted against them set off explosive devices, killing dozens and dozens of Christians and maiming hundreds of others. It was a bloody and painful Palm Sunday. Journalists report that in the days following those attacks on those Christians, the Christians did not rise up and retaliate. They did not seek revenge on their enemies, but they began praying for their enemies. And one of the most remarkable things they did is they went to the streets in front of these churches that had been destroyed in in some measure by these explosions. And they began to cling to their faith, reciting the Nicene Creed, which they had done many times before. One journalist said, Their hearts were broken, but they still kept the root of their faith. They did not become overly politicized. They did not lash out at the extremist with like-minded violence. They remained spiritually focused. And I think that it's important to recognize that during this Holy Week. I want to encourage us to do the same. I want to encourage us to fix our hearts and minds on the Lord Jesus Christ, to enter into his sorrows, enter into his sufferings, and walk with him this week with all of the trials and tribulations that came upon him, to identify ourselves with the one who would bring salvation to us, but recognize that he brought salvation to us with a heavy and broken heart. Unlike worldly kings who flaunt their glory and their power and lord it over the masses, King Jesus rides into the city of God on a colt in weakness with weeping. The great king comes to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. That means he's coming to purchase redemption for his people. This great king of kings has come not to be served, but to serve. And he serves by sacrificing himself for the life of the world. With all of that in mind, let us steer away from escapism. Let us steer away from entertainments which distract us so much. And let us embrace the story of Jesus and enter into his sufferings, weeping for the world, crying for our communities, shedding tears for our neighbors and friends. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.